Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Beside me, Craig Graves, my host from last time when we started this Way of the Seal eight-part series that we are going to be on principle number two today. So that'll be what we present today. So good morning. I'm going to see if I can adjust my screen to see who I was on today. Let me, uh, let me, let's, let's change our, <clears throat> let's swipe here if we can go to our different participants so we can see that. Uh, let's start this up. See if that works. So no, that's love the way it, it goes. I love it, man. I love it. And cool new intro there. Shout out to our Agent Power Total crew uh, for making that new intro happen this morning. That was great. So I'd like to introduce Craig. Uh, Craig is a great friend of mine. He is a unbeatable mind coach, and we are very fortunate to have him on our Agent Power Huddle uh, Zoom that we're doing. And so if you all call principle number one, you've heard a little bit about Craig, but we are actually presenting uh, Way of the Seal uh, book uh, by Mark Devine. Uh, Mark was the author of this book. Mark was a CPA on Wall Street and decided to give up that life as a CPA, MBA, and be a uh, Navy SEAL, go into the military and become an elite warrior. And through that experience, he learned an awful lot about how that related to the business life and mindset and how important that is. If you all are uh, following along with Age of Power Huddle each day, you, you hear a common theme there, an awful lot about mindset, some incredible content by these coaches and uh, presenters every single day. Uh, shout out to Jesse yesterday. If you all missed that one yesterday that Jesse did about energy and having more energy in your life all throughout the day, uh, Jesse was dropping bombs on us yesterday with that. Uh, that is the kind of stuff that over years and years and years, many conferences, he picked up that information and shared all that with us today. So check out the podcast or the replay of that. But Craig, I'd like to intro you and tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is of an unbeatable mind coach before we get into principle number two. And tell us a little bit about Mark Devine, the author of our book that we're reviewing right now. I'm not sure where to start. That was a lot. Yeah, like Matthew said earlier, he and I met several years ago at a, at a, uh, at a seminar, uh, a business seminar. We became good friends. And I put together a mastermind group about three years ago, and Matthew's been a part of that for, for three years. So it's been a, been a pleasure getting to know him. Um, I have spent most of my uh, career in the corporate world, working in technology, and I've always been interested in and in kind of a personal development junkie. And I found this book, Sway the Seal book, in 2014-ish. And I've kind of always been fascinated with, with Navy SEALs, not because I wanted to be one, but only about 15% of the guys who try make it. And I wanted to know why. And it turns out it's the mindset that gets them through. And I thought you were either born with this or not. And then when I read The Way of the Seal, I realized that Mark was teaching these techniques. You know, he said these are skills that can be learned. And I thought, wow, if I can learn what he's teaching, man, I can be a better father, a better business person, a better athlete, and just better in general in life. And so when he opened up a coaching program, uh, you know, I went through that certification and, and worked with Mark and his team on that. And, and here I am today. Mark has an interesting story. He had a pretty much a, uh, a golden ticket. He was a CPA on Wall Street, and he kind of felt unaligned with what he was doing there. He had a family business that he was going to go take over at some point once he got some, some, good, some good experience. And he was walking past the Navy recruiter office one day and saw a uh, Be Someone Special poster. 
And I've never seen that poster, but apparently it's got some SEALs doing SEAL things on there. And he gave up that career to join the SEAL teams. Um, Mark was the honor man in his platoon, which means he was the top guy. So out of the 15%, he was the top one. And he used these same leadership skills to lead his whole boat crew. So they break these guys down into eight-man teams and call them boat crews. His whole boat crew, Matt, got through SEAL training. First time that had happened, and it hasn't happened since. Yeah. So these leadership techniques that he's teaching are tried and true, uh, tested in the most strenuous <clears throat> military training on the planet. And then tell about SEAL fit, how he decided to put the program together to prepare warriors before they would go to the Yeah, the so he got out of the yeah, when he got out of the SEAL teams, he started teaching these techniques to SEAL candidates. So about 15% make it through. Guys who have gone through Mark's program have a 90% success rate. So you're much more likely to make it if you go through Mark's program. So we set out to teach these things to SEAL candidates to get that number higher than 15%. And so he does these events. He actually does a 12-hour, a 24-hour, and a 48-hour uh, event based on Navy SEAL Hell Week. And so he did the first one as a bunch of, you know, a bunch of young guys who were going to be SEALs. The second time he did it, you know, there's a civilian in there. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? And the guy's like, well, I've always wanted to just test myself, you know, see what I can do. And so the next time he did it, there's three or four civilians. And so we realized there was a civilian market for this thing. And so he kind of created a company called Unbeatable Mind, which teaches these techniques to civilians and people like us. And then when he wrote his book, there's eight principles that he outlines in the book. And we're in the middle of the series. So if you joined us on principle one, uh, that was two weeks ago, we covered principle one. Principle one was establishing your set point. Yeah. And we, if you missed that, we talked about making a stand. So that's kind of like writing down the things that you will do. What do you stand for? So if you're faced with a difficult decision in life, um, you can fall back on that stand, and then it makes, it makes that decision a lot easier. Mm -hmm. We also talked about finding your purpose. So if a stand is, um, what would I do? The purpose is, why am I here? And now that we've covered those two things, today we're going to get in the front sight focus. So now that we know what the purpose is, our purpose in life is, how do we stay focused on that and not get distracted by all the things that are going on around us? <clears throat> two quick things before we get into principle number two is last time, whenever we covered principle one, there were two PDFs that go along with this training. Uh, one was the three P's document that we mentioned that was uploaded to the Facebook group. So you'll, you should be able to find it there if you'd like to download that and use that. There's also Way of the Seal workbook. So I saw in the chat there question, what was the name of the book again? It's the Way of the Seal. There's a revised version from the one I'm holding here, and it's Mark Devine as the author. He was the commander, U.S. Navy SEALs. He's now retired, but he does that SEAL fit and leads the unbeatable mind, which Craig is certified coach on. So with that, let's get into principle number two. Principle two of eight, which is establishing your site, your front site focus. Front site focus. I'm, you know, the, the thing about front site focus. Um, you know, the way he talks about it is being able to focus, laser-like focus on the target that's in front of you. And Matt, you know, you, you got a military background. I don't know if these guys know it, but Matt was uh, Matt's a Black, Black Hawk pilot. What kind of small arms training did you guys have in, in the military, if any, as a pilot? As a pilot, your assigned weapon is the handgun. And so if you're in combat, you would have that with you. But we, we trained on that. We trained on longer weapons, okay. you know, both uh, as part of the training overall. So front sight focus is focusing in, 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 in a military context, it's focusing in on the, the, the sight on your weapon. 
So you're still aware of what's going on around you, but your focus is on that one little thing right there, that one little thing. And I'm sure that Matt can relate to that. And when we talk about, um, you know, goals and setting goals and completing goals, really we want to identify our goal and then achieve it by knocking down the small targets that go along with that. So you think about a big picture goal, right? I'm going to be a million dollar real estate agent. What are the small things that you do on a daily basis to get there? So you have your big overall goal, and then you have your little small micro goals or sub goals that you focus on. And those, those are really uh, what we call targets as, as it relates to the way of the seed. We call them micro goals in our coaching program, but that's kind of what we're talking about here is staying zoned in on those, on those micro goals. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that, we use a four-pronged a four approach. We're going to prepare our mind. First of all, we're going to envision that goal. And we talked about visualization in the first part, if you guys caught that. We're going to define that mission so that we know what the implicit and explicit tasks are. And then we're going to simplify the battlefield. You know, we make things complex, but being simple is hard, right? I think Steve Jobs had a quote that said something along those lines. And we all know that the iPhone and the iPad and the Apple products can be really, really simple, right? So that's the four-pronged the four -pronged approach that we're going to use in order to, to maintain this front sight focus. So... The four-pronged approach, <clears throat> that'll be the, the highlight of the rest of the uh, presentation today. Number one is preparing the mind. Preparing the mind. That's the, the first prong to the approach. Yeah, and I like to use, um, he, he calls it preparing your mind in the way to steal. In, in our coaching program, we really say winning in the mind. You know, how do we win in our mind? You know who Sun Tzu was? Yes. Yeah, so Sun Tzu wrote The Art, Art of War about 2,500 years ago. He was a Chinese um, military strategist, and he said that victorious warriors win first and then go to battle, while defeated warriors go to battle and then look to win. So the good news for us is we're not going to battle, right? Matt, you might have been at that point once in your life where that was a possibility. But what are the daily battles that we face, right? Client meetings, um, dealing with children, sometimes dealing with spouses, dealing with friends and relationships. So how do we win in our mind before we go into those things? Those are really our, our battles. So how do we do that? So we do that through deep breathing and sacred silence. So a lot of us spend, don't, don't spend any time in, in silence. I mean, think about the distractions that we have, Matthew. We got text messages, social media, 24-7 news channels. Yeah, it was interesting that Mark said in the book that he found it easier to focus and have that silence in the time that he was in the military versus when he came out into the business world, back in the civilian world. So apparently he found it easier to focus with being in that environment for the military. Yeah. And so we get in the in civilian world and we're distracted by everything in the office, uh, our devices that we carry around. And in the real estate world, clients calling, other agents calling, sign calls, those types of things, always a distraction. So the silence he says in the book is just critical to that, preparing your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you really have to do you have to do it on purpose, right? You have to find time, whether it's first thing in the morning. You know, I try to get up before everybody else does in my house and spend about 20 minutes doing a breathing practice, which leads us into the second thing he talks about is deep breathing. So the one thing in our in our lives we can control are our thoughts, right? That's the one thing in, in the world we have control over. And we do that through deep breathing practices. So if you can control your breath then you can control the thoughts that are going through your head, mm -hmm. okay? So Jesse referred to it yesterday as he was describing about having energy through the day about meditation. 
So prayer and meditation. Some are going to lean towards prayer, but just about universally accepted that the idea of meditation and spending time in uh, quiet reflection, how important that is to quiet the mind. Well, absolutely. And if you think about Thomas Edison and, and guys like that, Edison used to go fishing with no bait because his logic was you don't bother a guy when he's fishing, right? And if there's no bait, the fish don't bother you either. So yeah, that you can find you can find quiet time that way. But you know, breathing is something that 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 we all do. Just you know, if if we don't, we're in trouble. But a lot of us don't breathe properly. So a proper breath, we're breathing in through the nose. There's tons of benefits to breathing through the nose and not the mouth. We breathe down into the belly. It's really three parts, Matt. It's into the belly, into the midsection, and then into the chest. And then you exhale the same in the opposite direction. So chest, torso, belly. And when you do that, it calms you. It taps into your parasympathetic nervous system and actually calms you. If you're in a high-stress situation, you can do four or five of those breaths and it will automatically begin to calm you. And they teach that in, in the military and the SEAL teams, especially. So when those guys are in combat situations or, or whatever situation they're in, they can calm themselves with the breaths. Um, can you describe how you walk yourself through that on a daily basis? Yeah. So I do, a, like I said, I get up in the mornings before everybody else does. Not, not every day, but I, but I, um, I protect that breathing time, right? I try to do that every day. And I do 20 minutes. The first five minutes, I'm just trying to calm myself. The second five minutes, I'm concentrating on something, whether it's a prayer or a, or a box pattern. And I do a box breath. So I inhale to a count. I'm up to seven. I would start at four or five if you're going to start one of these practices. But you breathe into a count. You hold for that same count. You exhale for that same count and hold at the bottom for that same count. Okay? So that's the pattern. Five-minute arousal control or just calming myself, five minutes of concentration, um, five minutes of just mindfulness. You know, what am I thinking? Well, what reoccurring thought patterns come up? We have between 50 and 80,000 thoughts per day. 90% of those are negative, and 95% of those are just thoughts that we loop through continuously, you know, just, just randomly. And so if we can begin to control that, we can, we can shift that. So powerful. Most people do not understand the control they have over their thought process. And it's the battlefield of the mind. Absolutely. So if there's one takeaway that you have from this call, whether you're listening to the podcast, the replay, or you're tuning in live with us here, if you can control your thoughts every day, and as they enter your mind, instead of feeling like you're a slave to just whatever thought pops in your mind, that you have some control over that, that could, that's life changing. I mean, I see the thumbs up for those who are watching right now. But has that not made a difference in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I used to think you could not control thoughts, that you were a slave to them, but you can. And it has it has made a tremendous impact upon my life. And that's not just the way the SEAL stuff. That's Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Any successful person that you listen to will tell you the same thing, that you can indeed control those thoughts. And this 20-minute box breathing that I do is, is a means for me to do that. So the third part of that is just mindfulness. And then the fourth part, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but I do a visualization for the last five minutes of that, of that practice. And that all falls under that first prong of the four-pronged approach. Yeah. Every bit of that prepare mind. Mind. Right. Absolutely. Why don't we just pause right there and see if I can pull up the chat and see if there's any questions from those who are watching. Um, if those come up, I'll, we'll try to have Craig answer those as we go. Uh, and if not, we'll try to leave a little time at the end for a quick Q&A. Any questions? We'll see if we pull up the chat. All right. 
Yeah, we've got uh, so we're on principle two. Um, yeah, number one, the four-pronged approach, prepare your mind. And I think we've answered the questions so far. Okay. All right, four-pronged approach. The second prong, envision your goal. Yeah, that leads us, that box breathing discussion kind of leads us right into this. We talked about visualization last last time, and I, I threw out some names of people, Tiger Woods, um, Michael Phelps, Oprah Winfrey, Jim Carrey, people who use visualization and have attributed it to their success. So there's a couple different types of visualization. Um, there is a mental rehearsal. So you're actually going through whatever it is that you're going to do. If you've ever given a speech, you've probably done a mental, a mental rehearsal because you've stood up and acted like you're looking out over your, your audience and you've given that speech. Mental projection is where you sit in a meditative state and you visualize yourself being in that future state. And the reason that we do this, Matthew, and this is, this is not just the way of the seal thing either. This is Think and Grow Rich and other, other sources as well. But as we as we visualize that that future version of ourselves, we're we're programming our subconscious mind. And as we do that, our actions will start lining up with that goal and moving us toward that in that in that direction. And that sounds wacky. I know it does to a lot of people. But I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a tried and true thing. Our brains don't know the difference between actually doing an event versus just thinking and visualizing about it. And it begins to prepare us for that. Yeah. I think COVID has accelerated that mindset for a lot of people because what used to be thought of, I had to be there in person or I had to experience training or client meetings or showings or whatever the case is, had to be done one way. But now we figure out that as long as we can connect, we can envision a different way, we can operate a different way. That's right. It's all about the, how, the, uh, how we're envisioning that. There's a guy named Alex Hanold. He, uh, if, you, if you don't know who he is, he climbs. He's a big mountain climber, and he climbs with no ropes. So this guy climbed El Cap in Yosemite, which is like a 3,000-foot rock face with no ropes. And Jimmy Kimmel asked him what his biggest training tool was, and he said visualization, which blew my mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> you think it might be strength or whatever, but yeah. he's preparing his mind to do these things with, with no ropes. Yeah, you think of what the failure rate would be the first time you try it, but when he's actually getting on that rock face, it's not the first time he's done it. He's, he's done it over and over and over in his mind to make sure he, he can't get it wrong. Yeah, free, no fail mission. free Solo is the name of the movie they, they shot about, about that climb. It's amazing. So that's kind of that's kind of envisioning the goal, is just seeing yourself. We want to touch on the mental, uh, what, what was it? Um, the, the mental place you go. Or oh, the, the mind gym. Yeah, so the, one of the, the exercises. Gym. Yeah, one of the exercises in the back of the chapter is creating a mind gym. So as you go into this visual, this, uh, this, this meditative state of visualizing, you actually visualize yourself in a, in a gym in your yeah. mind. Yeah. So we have gyms we go to to train physically, right? Uh, we create a gym in our mind, and then we go there to do these breathing practices and these visualization practices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine the success that we would have and how prepared you would feel before a listening appointment when you show up and you take five, 10 minutes to collect yourself and put yourself in that mental place, your mind gym, and rehearse how the appointment's going to go, decide for yourself what the outcome's going to be, and then how prepared you'd be to be, you'd be, your mind would be clear, you would have uh, prepped your mind, you've envisioned your goal, how it's going to go. And the success that you have, what greater success ratio you'd have if you were to make a practice of doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's pretty much how we envision our goal. So First. that's the second. That's the second of the four. Okay. Which leads us into defining the mission. Yep. So, you know, a lot of times when we when we set out to do something, you know, we know what the big picture looks like, 
but and that that's really the explicit tasks, the explicit targets. But there's also things underlying there that we may not know about, right? So I know that one of the examples he uses is when he put up his online training program. You know, it's a very simple goal. I'm going to put this thing up and have it up in three months and, and whatever. But underlying there were the implicit tasks of setting up a website, internet marketing, you know, click funnels, email lists, yeah. stuff like that. So at the time, he and his team didn't have any knowledge on how to do these things. So then they had to go out and figure out how to handle those things. You know, do we, do we hire somebody to bring on to the team? Do we, um, do we hire a contractor? You know, how do, how do we handle these, these tasks that we don't know? And then obviously some of that stuff caused him to push his, his, his release date out further because those tasks had to be taken care of. So if we don't know the, uh, the implicit tasks and how to handle those, then that can derail our front site focus as well, man. Every single person on the call has some type of mission that you're facing right now, or you have some type of goal that you want to accomplish. If you don't, you should get with your mentor, your coach, and, de- and determine what your goal is. But this can be handled at every level. It can be a huge goal, opening a new office, going into a new industry. It could be starting a team, branching out into a new market. It could be a smaller goal. You know, you want to get your first listing. You just got a real estate school and you want to figure out how to get one buyer client or just put one client under contract. No matter what that goal is, no matter how large it is, how small it is, it's the same principle. Mm-hmm. So what we might consider a big picture, depending on where you are in your journey, might be a smaller picture, but the smaller picture goal. But it establish what that is and use the exact same principles. Break it down into sub goals, micro goals, or as the book calls it, targets. And you'll get you'll work your way towards that larger big picture goal. That's right. Absolutely. Man. And that's all about prong three and the four pronged approach of defining the mission. And I've got the chat pulled up. If there's questions, comments, feel free, raise a hand, uh, unmute and chime in. Otherwise let's go directly into number four, the last one. Prong four and the four pronged approach to front site focus is simplify the battlefield. Yeah, so simplifying the battlefield. Again, a lot of this is seal speak, military stuff. Basically, what simplifying the battlefield means is eliminating distractions. And so when we talk about eliminating distractions, we talk about two things. Determining your unique offer. And then one of my favorites, man, is decluttering, you know, because it's easy to let clutter mm-hmm. overcome us, right? <laughs> At least yeah. it is for me. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Well, you mentioned how creative you are when you sit down to a clean desk. And how your mind is open. Exactly. And, and your mind is free and you can work and be creative as an example. Exactly right. We'll talk about decluttering more in a second. Let's talk about the unique offer first. So what is your unique offer? You know, what do you bring to the table? What, what tasks do you really feel in the zone when you're doing versus the ones that are like, oh, my God, I got I to enter these invoices, man. Jeez, I, you know, stuff like that drives me nuts. So that's not my sweet spot. So we want to determine what our strengths are. What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And then when we know what our unique offer is, what we're strong at, then we can figure out how to handle the other things that we're not strong at. We might delegate those things. We'll, we'll kind of mesh this with decluttering in just a second. But um, you know, what is our unique offer to the world? Well, and for the real estate agent, the, t- the high producing real estate agent, the 20% of activities that yield us the 80% results in the business we do is three things, lead generation, lead follow-up, and lead conversion. So if you want to simplify the battlefield and you've got a task list that's a million miles long today and you're not sure which direction to go next, simplify it in that way. You need to generate leads, you need to follow up on leads, and then convert those leads into clients and put those people under contract. 
And ultimately, the business that we're in boils down to it's really that simple, those three things. Everything else we do in real estate can be divided up into those three things. Lead generation, lead follow-up, lead conversion. Those are the 20% of the task. The other 80%, if you really look at it, is probably fluff. So focus on what matters with your front sight focus being on those three things. But that's all related to simplifying the battlefield because if you can delegate or eliminate the other things that take our time and distract us from the things that do matter, that's where we can be most effective in our business and in our life. All about prong number four, simplifying the battlefield. Simplifying the battlefield. The second piece of that is decluttering. And Matt kind of touched on this a second ago. But there's a three-pronged approach or three ways we want to declutter. The first thing is to declutter our environment. You know, I was telling, I was telling Matt before the, before the meeting started, you know, sometimes my desk at home, gets, it's, it's an absolute mess, right? I can't find anything. There's clutter everywhere. And, and cleaning that thing off, it, it shifts my mindset. You know, it, it, and it frees up creative energy. You just feel better when you're not faced with a bunch of a bunch of clutter. You know, my garage is next, right? I got some work to do in there. So we want to simplify or we want to declutter our, our external environments. The second thing we want to declutter is our tasks. Matthew's already touched on the 80-20 rule, and we kind of tie this back to our unique offer. But what are the 20% of the things that are giving us 80% of the results? And how do we shift off those 80% to somewhere else? You know, and you can look at that from a business standpoint or a personal standpoint. Um, you know, whatever it is, you know, how do I get, you know, I got to get groceries, right? How do I do that? How, how do I outsource that? You know, because that frees me up to do other things in my business or, or other things in my life. And the third piece of that decluttering process is our internal state. So we might have, we might have limiting beliefs that hold us back and cause us to get uh, distracted. You know, one of the beliefs um, that's, that's common in today's society is you have to go to college to be successful. Now, I'm not bagging on college. It's probably the best thing that ever happened to me, but I don't believe you have to go to college to be successful. So as we begin to open our mind with some of these other tools, we might let some of those limiting beliefs go. And it can even be relationships. If we have, you know, um, bad relationships, friendships, um, intimate relationships, whatever those things are, those might be something that we need to let go of. You know, even family members can be toxic, right? You can't let those people go but you can definitely hold them at a distance, right? And so that's the three-pronged thing we want to do as far as decluttering our environment. And if we're able to do that, then that eliminates distractions and keeps us front sight focused on our mission. So each of those three relates to simplifying the battlefield, which was our fourth prong and the four-pronged approach to the front sight focus. So important to stay focused. We are so distracted at what we do. Right now in our area, Craig, it's the gas shortage. Uh, people are almost in a state of panic over that. And it takes us off of our focus of what we need to be thinking about right now. Absolutely. Um, it, it can be a million different things. You know, I can start worrying about uh, the gas crisis. And before I know it, I've spent 20 minutes thinking the worst case scenario. You know, if I can, if I can catch that thought and I can redirect it, that's one of the exercises in the book is how to redirect our thought patterns back into positive places. But if I see that negativity spinning, I can redirect that to a positive place and I can stay front sight focused on my mission, mm -hmm. even if I don't have gas in my car. That's right. One of the questions <laughs> in the chat was the 80-20 rule. Uh, could you describe that again? You mentioned the 80-20 rule. Yeah. So there was a guy in, in the 1800s. His name was, um, I can't think of his first name. He was an Italian dude. His name was Pareto. 
And what he realized was that like 20% of the people owned 80% of the land in Italy at the time. So this Pareto principle is what it's called. But after people started looking into this, it, it pretty much transforms to other areas in your life. So really 20% of the things that you're doing, 20% of the things that you're doing are giving you 80% of your results. So if you can figure out what those 20% are, what that 20% is, then you can focus on those tasks and then you can delegate or eliminate, if you can, the other tasks. And 20% of your focus is going to give you 80% of your results. Yeah. I hope that helps. You can relate to so many different areas. Uh, Real estate, yeah. business, where, where you focus on your life. No right. problem, Patrick. What else? Other, um, other I know questions we're short on chat. time. Yeah, we're almost out of time. Matt, you want to run through the key takeaways? This is a, this is a wrap up and summary. I thought yeah, it might so be a good idea just to... Just to go through those key takeaways. Okay. Front site focus is a radical focus on the mission and the targets, which are the sub goals that will get you to mission success with the simplest, most effective plan. To get front site focus, the leader must learn to win in his or her mind before embarking on the mission. It requires mental preparation in the form of embracing silence and learning to take control over the active thinking and the judging mind. When the mind can focus clearly, the way of the SEAL leader creates a powerful internal image of what victory looks like and frequently revisits this image personally and with the team. This enables you to knock out the right high-value targets in relatively quick succession and with confidence, ensuring high levels of success. Defining the mission for the team by clarifying both specific and implied intent, implied intent, and aligning the team to that intent will allow the team to head off potentially potential distractions and remain front sight focused. And the last one, removing unnecessary targets, mental and physical clutter, and any thoughts besides total mission focus will lead to success regardless of how challenging the mission or the fast moving the environment, regardless of how fast moving the environment is. Remaining front sight focused will help you stay focused on the mission and accomplish ultimately accomplish the mission. Tell them what you, your mantra, what you tell yourself all the time. Oh, day by day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. I like your other one. Looking good, feeling good, ought to be in Hollywood. That's Matthew's. That's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Uh, happy to take those. Follow up uh, with us on the Facebook page if you would like. Otherwise, that is the end of our Power Huddle today. Hope you all enjoyed it. We look forward to seeing you next time. Y'all go make it a great day. Thanks for having me, guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.